0: Welcome to Commodity Conversations, my name's David Myers and this week Rob caught up with John Keeler from Cashmore Park near Portland, Victoria. John and his family have a long history of breeding sheep, but back in 2003, John started really focusing on a not-so-common breeding program for that part of the country. Uh, In this week's episode, you'll hear about the Cashmore Park nudies and some of the history behind what led John and his family to take, take the path that they did. We hope you enjoy this episode, and I'll leave you with Rob and John.
1: Yes, thanks, Dave, for that introduction. Again, we're talking about um, sheep because, as people who follow Commodity Conversations know, at Mercado here, we're very keen to try and promote any innovations and new ideas that can help stimulate and support the sheep industry. And uh, my conversation today is going to be uh, different to what most people think, and and we'll get to that difference in a moment. But what happened last week, Dave, was that I met up at um, an information day for sheep in Hamilton, sponsored by John Keeler from Cashmore Park um, sheep breeding, uh, sheep stud. And so um, I've asked John if he'll come along and talk a bit about some of the really exciting and innovative things that he's doing. So, John, welcome to Commodity Conversations. Thanks, Robert. Great to be here. So, John, um, before we get into the... um, the sexy part, if you like, the nudies. Um, let's just talk about the background of Cashmere Park because you, you've you've been breeding um, composite sheep for a long time. Was it, Were you one of the sort of early adopters of composite sheep into
2: Australia? Yeah, I guess how that happened, Rob, I'd been away um, overseas and came back um, from the UK back to uh, home here in 1990 and I wanted to change sheep. I guess that's really what I wanted to do. And um, I didn't want the same sheep as we'd had here in the in the past. I needed uh, better animals. And one of the things that I picked up overseas was uh, the performance recording concept. So I got back here just at the start of Lamb Plan when it first kicked off with Rob Banks at the helm. Um, and I guess um, the sheep have grown through from being coopworths, which were performance recorded. The you know in the early 80s, they were the only recorded sheep really going through in any numbers in the country. And then we've just gradually morphed those and turned them into, I guess you could say, Australian coopworths, but we've just modified them for the market and the environment, and they've become maternal composite sheep. That's how it's really happened. John, you mentioned the environment. Now, I had a look at your website, which um, has got some really great pictures
1: for anybody who's looking to see what uh, what happens on farms. But on your website, you, you talk about the location of Cashmore Park and you talk about, you know, the lush green areas of southwest Victoria, um, ocean views, which to me means at times uh, cold winters, but in the summer probably very beautiful. You must have a very challenging area for sheep. I know from my experience that, um, you know, that those sort of conditions aren't always easy for sheep. So tell us a little bit about how you've developed the sheep and what the objective of the type of sheep you're breeding is.
2: Yeah, the conditions are certainly challenging, Um, Rob. You never get very fast growth rates down here. Um, The animals have got very good genetics. You take them elsewhere and they do go really well. But down here, they only have moderate growth rates. They have long, slow growing seasons, environmental conditions, pretty hard in the winter, um, internal parasites. So really, we've just set animals up that, I guess, met the market and met the environment. And and some of the key the three big things you have is you need growth rates in animals because they give you a triple benefit of um, later lambing, high reproduction and more pasture consumed. Um, you need high reproduction rates so you can, uh, you can replace the stock that leave your place and also minimise yourself to risk if you have uh, fire, flood, pestilence, um, you know, loss, loss of animals or droughts. And that means you can quickly breed back your animals. And the other one is that's increasingly there is hardiness, um, which you know a sound, strong sheep can take the environment and also can battle back against the parasites, which are by far, far the largest, uh, I guess, loss in you know in sheep businesses across southern Australia. They're very heavy on our bottom line, reducing our bottom line. So just trying to make animals fit those spots. I I know that this um, the focus
1: on. animal health and, uh, you know, faecal egg cancer, that must be vital for your business. And that was something you talked about at, um, at the conference in Hamilton last week. But um, what drew a big crowd, I think, we'd have to be honest and say, a big crowd to that conference last week was um, probably for a start, the word nudie and the fact that you were talking about a really new design of sheep almost. Can you just describe for, for our listeners and I'm talking to John Keeler today from Cashmere Park a Composite and Nudie Stud. Can you just describe, John, um, a little bit about the nudies?
2: Well, I guess, Rob, firstly, like I said earlier, they're fast-growing. They're, um, they're high-fertility animals. They're low-parasite animals. They're self-replacing that suits our system so they can handle southern conditions. I guess the extra bit that they've got above maternal composites is that they don't have wool. So they're basically on on the way, well on the pathway to being a maternal composite, like the industry well knows, but without wool. So just add one more characteristic, one more trait. They have the same management systems as all our other sheep, except for the shearing component. But the difference being there that that is evidence starting about August. So about August, you start to see a few sheep break, a, break their fleece down the neck and a little bit on the belly, and it's around the back legs and it comes up their sides. By Christmas time, they've, um, they're have they basically clean. So I guess you could say that they crutch themselves in September and they shear themselves in November while they're still doing all those other good things. They're an open breed composite. Um, we don't worry about too much about breeds. We just keep going to where the genes are that deliver the dollar returns. Um, they're sheep that are now preg testing around 175% out of adults and about one um, about 160 out of one and a half year olds. They've got good feet, they're good mothers, they don't require much labor, um, don't seem to be prone to cast, they join as you lambs. I guess they're what we see is the future of some of the, the some of the cost issues coming into the industry to the sheep that you know we think can can take the whole industry forward now john i i happen to i mean
1: people listen to commodity conversations in micata probably picked up that at one stage i spent a bit of time shearing and i think i'm right in saying that you did too so john did you just hate shearing so much that you decided to breed the war of sheep or was there a is there another motivation
2: no, look. Um, I love shearing. Uh, <laughs> I was a, I was a shearer for ten years and a wool class and I loved every moment of it. Um, great to be uh 27, 10 foot tall and bull you're <laughs> five foot exactly six. exactly. So, um, yeah. One of my one of my boys is going shearing too. So look, I love I love the whole thing. Um, yeah. So that's that's not the reason at all. It's just that um economic circumstances change over time and um. We're just, as farmers, we react to what the market's telling us and the circumstances, so that's really why that's all happened. And, look, you've been working on, on the nudies for some time. They're not just something that's just emerged
1: immediately because, as we know, sheep breeding takes time, and to try and get some sort of consistency, it, it's, a, it's a process. How long have you been working on this, and, um, and what do you think is going to be the, the evolution in the next 10 to 15 years of these sheep?
2: Um, I started I started with some shedding sheep back in the 80s at Ag College. I'm just curious. But 2003, really, I got a little bit more uh, motivated and started with the base of the nudies with um, some shedding animals. Um, and so they've had a long performance recorded history from that point. So I think we've, we've performed performance recorded about 9,800 lambs at birth at the moment. By the end of this year, we will have recorded about 11,000 lambs at birth. And They've gone straight through with all our other maternal composites in our um, recording process. They don't get any um, airs or graces. They just they just live and they live and perform as they do. Um, the future the future of them is to just take them along those lines um, and take them to the marketplace. Take them to the, the position that delivers those earlier spoken things: growth, fertility, um, parasite resilience, low cost production. Um, hold back declining terms of trade just so that they become a profitable part of a farming system and satisfy consumers. So, I mean, that's their long-term goal, no different to any other sheep, just to make a, a sound economic return, well, not sound the best economic return. John, we've heard
1: probably mainly about these shedding sheep out in the outback and, you know, in, in the in the river, um, you know, back, back blocks of Queensland and New South Wales and South Australia uh, and and I imagine that area is is much easier. To, it's it's in a funny way, it's a healthier sheep environment. What are some of the challenges you've had to face up to with the with the nudies down in this really pristine and beautiful country you've got? But I you know people just imagine. I think you're about 800
2: mil of rainfall. Is that right? Yeah, 800 mil of rainfall and just slow growth through the through the uh, winter period. Um, but then you know nice nice long growing seasons after that. I think the biggest the biggest challenge is that the history of these animals um, has been, they've been run at low stocking rates, high on the side of hills, I guess, with little input. So they've had, um, I guess, few concentrated um, environmental and health challenges imposed on their their DNA, their genome. When you start running these more intense systems, you need animals with more re- resistance and resilience. And so... The one that you keep hearing is, you know, feed feed issues and parasites. And early on, they were certainly certainly some of the issues. But I guess, as I said, we've put 10,000 animals through the system. We've recorded them and we've used the best technology available to change them. So the animals are now very different to what we had in the past. And I guess the resource is to use the very good maternal composites with their robust background, um, which just allows us to just take them, um, take them to a good place in the market, they're not very different to what we currently run. They've come a long way and they'll continue to develop. So I think really it's just um, just pressure over time, good animal breeding techniques over time.
1: Yes, John, I like what you're saying about um, performance recording and measurement because that's been the, the big breakthrough in trying to improve genetics, whether we're talking about cattle or, or sheep in recent times. And so, you know, what you're doing at Cashmore Park is really important, I think. Can I just talk um, at your experience now? And, and, you know, it's a a big business you run there with a lot of lambs. It'd be one of the bigger businesses in southwest Victoria for sure. What's your view? We've now got lamb and mutton demand strong. Uh, We're looking to have a positive outlook. We've got a, a constrained national flock You know, what's your advice for sheep producers who are looking to position their businesses and and take advantage of what we think is a really optimistic time and outlook for sheep and lamb?
2: Just, um, it's a good question that Rob. I think um, one of the key things you see is you've got to do whatever you do well. Do it with some passion, um, and you'll always find a way to make more product at less cost. So that's the first thing. Go to your happy spot. I always say that to students who come here and, you know, for a, Uh, a bus tour or something like that, just go to the place that you really want to go to because you're always thinking about it. That's the first thing. You need to breed sheep to get better every year. If you're not doing that, you know, it's like you're dog paddling and you're going to go backwards. You're going to go down. You've got declining terms of trade and you've got cost of production. If you don't address those with better animals, you're just missing an opportunity. Um, In managing animals, you need to feed them well um, and you need to manage them well to lifetime new guidelines. And so then they do perform well. You'll mark lots of lambs. Um, and then I think the next part is, you know, times like this, we've got to invest in those areas of our business, which give us a good return, but they also set us up to lower our cost of production for the future because at some stage, you know, things will go down. So we've just got to always be mindful of the fact that we're, we're commodity producers, you know, different levels of commodity. So we've got to set ourselves up for that, that part there. That's what we do here.
1: That's really good advice, John, and, and we're very grateful for you to give us the time today on Commodity Conversations. We usually finish off, John, with a um, sort of a left field question, just for, just to give a bit of insight into uh, the people we're talking to. John, I have a bit of an insight into where you live, and I've, I've been down to the Glenelg River, and we've been, I used to go to Portland and, and, and play footy in the mud down there and all that do you get the chance to actually, um, I know I know roughly where your property is, do you get the chance to just sit back sometimes and have a look out over the ocean and think, um, gee, we're, we're, we're very lucky?
2: Um, Robert, I do do that, but I'm a, an active person. So I've got a list there that I made for some of my cohort of friends, and there's about 30 things you can do within an hour of here. So you just can't fit them all in in the year. So you can go deep sea fishing, the tuna, you can go scuba diving for craze and abs on the coast. I've surfed all around the, around the coast here. Um, I guess I've, I've ridden the horse everywhere. I've hunted and we have done a bit of ferreting, a bit of trapping. I've been bushwalking. I've been on the river. So um, I'm an environmental person, actually. I, um, I'm very keen on looking after all the good things that I have here. We just put another 2,000 trees on the property. It gives you a great amount of pleasure just to Live in a, a really nice environment and um, try and maintain it and take it into the future. So that's really probably some of the parts that make me tick. Well, John, it's been fantastic
1: talking to today, and I think on top of having on your resume that you're, um, you know, leading composite sheep breeder and innovative nudie breeder, I think you can also add in that you're um, Southwest Victoria um, travel consultant and uh, Ambassador. So um, thank you very much. We wish you all the best. And look, if anybody would like to know any more about um, the the sale you've got coming up, which is in October and open days in early October, um, go to the Cashmore Park website. Even if you're not interested in looking at nudie sheep, have a look at the photos. They're just beautiful. And they give an example of, um, of this wonderful country we work in. So, John, thank you very much, and we wish you all the best.
2: Thanks, Rob. Been very kind. Great, talk, great chatting to you. and hope uh, someone's taken some value from the com- conversation. All the best.
1: I'm sure they have. Cheers, John.
2: Thanks. Bye.
1: Thanks again,
0: John, for coming in to tell us about Cashmore Park. I found that very interesting, the programs that you and your team have been uh, running there for so many years. Just a reminder that Cashmore Park have a ram sale coming up Friday, 8th of October. online through auctions plus but I think there's a few open days beforehand Uh, head to their website if you want to find out more about uh, the cashmore park ramp sale Uh, but thanks for tuning in if you like the episode give us a like or share from the team at Mercado we hope you stay safe and tune in next week for more commodity conversations